Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. (laughs) Good Friday afternoon and welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi. We are live today on the road at M-Trade Park in Oxford. You hear about M-Trade Park all the time, and today we are on location at M-Trade Park, our friends there. If you're watching on Super Talk TV, hey, Dad and I, don't pay no pay no bother. We have entered the witness protection program. You will hear our voices. We, we won't distort them, but no, you, you, you we, just can't see our voices. We will be on Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky is the one who did it. It is a uh, it is a chilly gray day, mm-hmm. and I had to get the toboggan going. That's that may not be on. exactly what you are hoping to hear if you are one of the 150 teams that is coming into M Trade Park for UTSA baseball this weekend. However, there is really good news on the horizon tomorrow about lunchtime. The sun is supposed to pop out. And it's supposed to go into the low 70s. And it's going to be really, really nice for a big weekend of baseball. You'll hear more about that as we go through the uh, the afternoon. There will not be baseball in Starkville today. They just decided it was too cold? I guess. I mean, the first pitch was supposed to be right now. So, you, yeah, I guess cold and they were worried about maybe some late rain. Potential weather. Yeah. Or maybe they saw the same forecast and saw that it was going to be 70 and sunny at noon tomorrow and said, hey, let's, have a, let's play two. Let's go Ernie Banks style and yeah. uh, and play two. Uh, even when we're on the road, we come to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Check them out online at Pearl River Resort. You're looking for a quick weekend getaway. Pearl River Resort's a great spot to do it. You can stay at the uh, at the Golden Moon. You can stay at the Silver Star. You can stay at the Dancing Rabbit Inn. Great dining options. Great world-class gaming options. If you're like, hey, Dad, you might slip into one of those high-roller poker rooms. That's what he loves, right? I love the poker room. I don't know about that high-roller spot. Well, I mean, they don't let you in there for free. No, no. They don't let you in for free, so uh, you can check that out. And, uh, of course, Dancing Rabbit Golf Course there as well. Learn more about all of them online at PearlRiverResort.com. The Ceasefire text line open as well. That's the way that you get in touch with us. Ceasefire is customer-inspired. Text line is 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business, ceasefire.com slash business. Uh, good afternoon. Great to be with you. Michael Borky, how are you today? 
I'm doing well, though I'm really concerned for your uh, your safety after you give this interview. Well, it's okay. It's okay. And You're going away for a long time, big boy. Because you know the best part is is Gary, who you can't see. We we love scary Gary. He uh, he travels when when we're on the road. He's on the road. He makes all the stuff happen behind the scenes. Um, but I wish you could see him holding up a hand light right now, trying to uh, give us the light so that you can see our faces. Uh, it's just not going to work. Not going to work. So that's uh, that's okay. We will uh, the, the alternate shot. See at least. As it sits right now, you're looking out onto the baseball fields. And Beautiful. As, as action starts to happen a little bit later this evening, you'll see that in the background. <laughs> the alternative would be if we, uh, if we turned around, you would be looking into the maintenance shop, which is a really, really nice maintenance shop, if I'm being honest. I it's wish. Like a treasure trove for you. For, I mean, it is like the biggest toy shed. They've got multiple club car golf carts. And they've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six zero-turn mowers right here. There's another one over there. There is a brand-new Bobcat skid steer over there right next to a a Kubota utility vehicle. they got the big spray rig over there. I mean, and, and it's spotless. I mean, just as clean as you will find. I wish it were my shop. It's not, uh, but that's where we are. Anyway, point being, if we flipped around where you could see us a little bit better, that's what you'd be looking at. Um, so it's, it's fine. It is. Uh, it is, it is it, just it's fine. really fine. Uh, and uh, I, I'm. I mean, I'm going to have to make some adjustments here on my end. We're just. We are continuing the issue from last week where we could not get off the ground, and it's just going to be part of our brand just, now. Uh, why don't you just? You had that picture of me. You put up. Put up one of me, and then get an equally humorous one of Richard, and uh, go from there. No, we're good. We, we can just do the silhouette thing. I, I, I wear the white hat. So face on can... a sumo wrestler is what I'm going to do. Oh, that'll be that'll be great. Or, or you could uh, you could Photoshop my head onto the picture of. Well, uh, we could switch bodies. You, you could put my head on the picture of Ric Flair. There we go. I'll be Arn Anderson. It works. No, I'm well, I meant Richard's the picture head. that you were in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Would Richard's you wear head on that suit? body and Haydad's head on Richard's body? Would you wear the suit that he had on that that emerald green? Uh, sort of like if a leprechaun decided to get into the uh, into the mafia kind of thing going on. You know that looked like it would be a, a good suit for like if you were going to a luau. Yeah, like, like if I was the in, late Craig Sager would have would have rocked that suit. I think. Hey, yeah. Um, so no, that's not normally my type no. of sports coat. But uh, I, I think I think I would pay. 200 of my own dollars for you. The next time I cut on the SEC network and Richard Cross is on the call for you to be wearing a suit like that. Yeah. I think, I think it'd be worth it. I would donate that money to, to, to a charity. Well, that's probably not going to happen. Pro- probably not. Richard hates charity is what I'm getting from this. Is that what it is? <laughs> uh, Curtin Tupelo says our 10 year two, uh, team will be there this weekend along with our Polk's sausage. I like it. I like it. Uh, bring us some. Yeah. Not a bad idea at all. Uh, I also saw on Instagram earlier today, Southern Miss, with their game, uh, you can get a uh, Polk's Sausage Dog at Pete Taylor Park. We love the Golden Eagles. That is living right. L-I-V-I-N. So uh, thanks for being with us. We do have uh, no Mississippi State baseball today. They were kind enough to postpone their game so that you would not have any of this show interrupted. That's right. uh, I think that was actually the uh, game plan. There that was the plan the whole time. In uh, trying to be with it, Ole Miss will play tonight. Uh, they're not afraid of the cold, so they will uh, play in well, the chilly temperatures. We got a text from uh, from um, six six two. It's still raining in Starkville. So. Oh, 
Well, good. So, yeah, that's yeah, what's going on there. Probably a wise decision. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss begins a three-game series with Iowa tonight. And uh, you've heard a lot about Iowa's starting pitcher. The guy that's probably going to hit triple digits on the radar gun, which yeah. is always uh, always cool to see. We'll see how the Ole Miss bats handle that. Ole Miss has been red hot offensively over the last, what, one, two, three, four games after a really slow start to the season at the plate. So they've been much better. We'll see how they handle uh, probably an upgrade in pitching, at least in starting pitching, over the course of the weekend. Big basketball weekend as well as uh, Mississippi State on the road to take on the Auburn Tigers. Neville Arena is not an easy place to play. Uh, Maybe the most difficult spot in the SEC. Maybe the country. Could be. I mean, it it really – it's crazy too because, hey, you know this. You've been around a long time. Auburn used to be – basketball was nothing at Auburn for, for years. Beard Eves Memorial Coliseum. That was the place you went to win. Made Tad Smith Coliseum look downright palatial. Yeah. I mean, it's just it was a place where you saw at Auburn, you're like, that's a game we can win Yeah, every year. And now it is – it's tough to win there. It's and, really tough. And you know what? In the first couple of years of the new building of, mm-hmm. uh, of Auburn Arena, it did not have the, uh, the atmosphere that it has anywhere close. Now, a lot of that has had to do with winning mm-hmm. – but they've dressed it up along the way. There was a lot of, like, just kind of gray concrete in the building. And it was like, it was nice, but it wasn't done. Yeah. They've come in and they've added the, video, added the big video board and they've got the ribbon boards all over the place. And, oh, by the way, they put almost 9,000 people in the building every single time they play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their students are all in. Their fans are all in. And uh, they've played a fun style of basketball over the last several years. So a tough road environment for Mississippi State. Second time they played Auburn this year? Yes. yes. I did the first You're one. on the call. That's right. No. Uh, Mississippi State has a win against Auburn. We need to get you to Auburn. Why are you here? Um, uh, because the uh, Mickey Mouse says I've I've done too many basketball ah. games this year. That uh-huh. there, there are no more That's than I can do. That's enough for you, Richard. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, okay. he has he has strict limits on uh, the number of events you can do in a yeah. particular year. And so based on the, the contract that you have. And so all of my – Remaining available slots are for baseball. Okay, so which is not a bad thing. Either. No, it's fine for you. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I'm just yeah. I'm not, thinking about myself. Here. Oh yeah, you thought that might be good for me. You're a good State. luck charm. You're two and zero this year. Yeah. Uh, so hoops coming up. Uh, Ole Miss on the road at Missouri tomorrow as well. Um, as as much as Ole Miss still has a chance for the NCAA tournament, it makes tomorrow night an absolute must win. They played Missouri once. They won that game. Did not play particularly well in the game. Ended up winning it by two, I think, was the final margin. Mm-hmm. Uh, trailed big in the uh, second half. And, um, you know, there you go. Got to got to go win. They, yeah, they, they got to win at Missouri. Got to win at Georgia on Tuesday night. And then they got to beat Texas A&M at home next Saturday. They get those three. And then you're like, well, get, we'll get see. A, get a couple in the tournament. And then you have to pray for chalk. You need you need you need favorites to win their tournament. Yeah, and and Borky, we've talked about this a hundred times, right? The bubble's weak. This it's year, last bad. year, next year, ten years from now, as long as the tournament has sixty eight teams in it, the bur- bubble will always be weak. But you also will also have bid stealers that come in from smaller conferences that win their tournament when maybe they weren't supposed to, and a league that you expected to only get one gets two. So it's not easy, but it's not impossible at this point either. No, not impossible at all. They just that they have to find a way to to be consistent for forty minutes. If they're do, if they can do that and find a way to do that, they are better than these three teams that they're about to play. 
Sports Talk Mississippi on the road today at M-Trade Park in Oxford. Just getting started with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We're back right after this. Talk Mississippi with Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky is back. I'm all ears. Super Talk. Super Talk Mississippi. obtained a letter written by NCAA President Charlie Baker to its members' schools. We obtained it via Twitter X, ex-Twitter, uh, through Ross Dellinger. He's like our correspondent. Yeah, but I mean, we, we have obtained the letter. Yes, Sports Talk Mississippi has obtained this letter through our correspondent, Ross Dellinger. Yes, um, and, and he got it to us via Twitter. X. So, Borky, in today's edition of the NCAA, has no remaining teeth. Never mind fangs. Like, they don't even have dentures that they can take out and put in a cup beside the bed at night. Here's what uh, Charlie Baker writes to the member schools. NCAA staff have been working with the D1 Board of Directors, Board of Governors, and membership since a federal judge entered a preliminary injunction in the case brought by Tennessee and Virginia attorneys general. I do appreciate that he used that properly. He called them attorneys general as opposed to attorney generals. Well, he's a former governor. Uh, And while we are eager to work with the attorneys general who brought the suit to reach a common understanding, we must move forward and provide as much clarity and stability as possible. Now, in response to this latest order, the D1 Board of Directors directed NCAA enforcement staff... (laughs) To pause and not begin investigations involving third-party participation in NIL-related activities. There will be no penalty for conduct that occurs consistent with the injunction while the injunction is in place. I agree with this decision. While the progress toward long-term solutions is underway, and while we await discussions with the attorneys general. In circumstances that are less than ideal, this at least gives the membership notice of the board's direction related to enforcement. The judge's order upheld three specific NCAA policies that remain in effect and will be enforced by NCAA staff. The prohibition on pay-for-play slash payment for specific athletics performance, which is to say you cannot tell a player that you will be compensated X number of dollars per touchdown or per sack or per whatever. Uh, The prohibition on direct institutional payment for NIL, My gut is that this is going to change at some point in the future, but for now, universities themselves cannot pay players. And the quid pro quo requirement, I have no idea. Oh, means that NIL has to be, you have to do things for NIL. There you go. Yeah. You can't just be, hey, I signed your collective and I give you money. It's got to be, I signed with the collective and I show up and talk to these kids and then you give me money. Which I'm told has been a problem in some places. It has been a problem in some places. The proposals related to student-athlete protections adopted in January remain on track for an August 1st effective date. The injunction and the NCAA's response are effective for all of Division One. 
He goes on to say, I realize pausing NIL-related enforcement while these other bylaws are upheld by the injunction will raise significant questions on campuses. This is precisely why a D1 meeting room, not a courtroom, is the best place to change NCAA policy. This is the only practical response to the injunction at this time, and we hope the attorneys will work with us to clarify next steps. Mm, so they're, they're D1 done. meeting room. Not, not Congress, huh? No, that's not the place to change NCAA policy? We've been told, though, that, well, he said courtrooms. Eh, you know. It's not quite the same thing. It's not the same thing. They're done. That, that, that's, they're done. They're done. It's either going to continue like quick, this. I, I got I to gotta text Charlie Winfield real quick. Operation Jackpot is in effect. All right, we're good. But they're done. So it's either going to continue like this in perpetuity without any restrictions or rules or guardrails, or something has to change dramatically. That's it. I mean, we we are at that point now. It's done. The NCAA, as we know it, is over. It is done. They know it. He announced it today, basically. It's over. What happens next is incredibly fascinating, but also uh, this word comes with some hyperbole, but kind of scary. Because as you said yesterday, Richard, college sports has been awesome for so long. I mean, my life has revolved around them. Ever since yeah. I was a kid. I mean, the thing that my dad and I did together the most was go to college sporting events. Paladin Stadium and Timmins Arena. And then once a year, we'd go to a big stadium. We'd go to North Carolina, NC State, Clemson, South Carolina. We got to do that all over. That is my life. And it became my career. And if they don't handle this with care, my entire life's work, again, a little hyperbole there, is ruined. If they don't handle this with care and do it right... Everything we know and love about college sports truly can be ruined. It's not yet, but it certainly can be if they don't do this the right way. Yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking, as you say that, Borky, the first road SEC football game I remember going to was in 1991. It was the Egg Bowl in Starkville. had a buddy whose mom worked in the athletics department, and they invited me to go along, and I rode on a bus with athletics department staffers and got to go to the game. Um, I went to Ole Miss LSU in Jackson in 1992. Uh, was invited uh, along for that with a, a guy that I went to church with who actually was like the fourth string quarterback. And so I, I got to go to that game. And I remember making my first trip to Auburn and my first trip to Tuscaloosa. Probably would like to forget that one, but I remember making it. I remember going to Baton Rouge so many times through the years, and a couple of years ago, I this is something that I had completely forgotten, but I was having a conversation with a buddy who I graduated high school with. We played baseball together, we played high school football together, church league basketball against each other, known each other since like like fourth grade. And he said, you know, Richard's pretty cool. He said, you're doing exactly what you said you were going to do for a living in high school. I was like, Really? He said, yeah. He said, like, you told us in, like, 11th grade you were going to work for ESPN one day. I was like, I don't remember that specifically, but I think it's pretty cool that you remember that, and so I'm getting to do it. Not to bring attention necessarily to these guys, but do you remember the early days of Conference Call, the radio program? Yeah. It was on from, like, 5 to 8 at night, and it was syndicated all across the southeast, 
And I know that program had its issues along the way, but when it started, it was such a big deal. And I remember thinking at the time, I want to do that. I want to host a radio show where I focus on the SEC. And I've gotten to do that. I say all those things simply to say, Borky, I'm exactly like you. Since I was 10, 11 years old, my life has revolved around SEC sports. My mom worked at Ole Miss, and I think I've told this story before. Yeah, you're talking about how far we've come where now you just hold your phone when you go through the uh, line and they scan it for your ticket going in. Faculty and staff had the opportunity to buy season baseball tickets for half price. And you could do grandstand seats or you could do box seats. I used money that I made cutting yards to buy box seats. They were $90 for the year. Yeah. No donation required. So I 45 bucks mm-hmm. for my season baseball ticket. I had one seat in a box above the first base dugout. And the ticket was a laminated card. And it had numbers around the outside edge. One through however many home games. 33. And when you walk through the gate, they would take a hole punch and they would punch the number that corresponded with the game. That was how, when I was 12, 13, 14 years old, I chose to spend my money. It's all I've ever wanted to do. It's what I've loved. And so, yeah, it is a little scary not knowing what it's going to look like. Now, thankfully, I think we're going to be involved with college athletics. We are... Very, very fortunate to primarily cover Mississippi State and Ole Miss as members of the Southeastern Conference. They're going to be just fine. Southern Miss isn't going anywhere, although it may look it may look more different for Southern Miss. It likely will look more different for Southern Miss going forward, three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, whatever the timeline is, than it does right now. But Southern Miss athletics isn't going anywhere. It's too important to too many people for it to go away. It's not going to go away. And schools like Southern Miss all over the country, they're not going anywhere, but it's going to look and it's going to feel different. And it's a little unsettling. Hopefully, it'll still be fun. Hopefully, we'll love it the way that we've always loved it. You have a similar story, though, don't you, Haydad? I mean, growing up around Mississippi State in particular. Yeah. But loving the basketball tournament, mm-hmm. loving all of college football, mm-hmm. and, and and baseball as well. You know, baseball you never got to watch on TV back in the day. I remember the first time I ever saw Mississippi State play basketball on TV. It was against Ole Miss in nineteen ninety one at the Hump uh, State. Hit raised floor. Yes, yeah, so they hit a couple of free throws to send the game into overtime, and then won it there. And yeah, I mean, it's a lot. It's been. Change is just what it is, and I, I fear change, as you know, as an old man. But I don't have any choice but to accept it, it seems, at this point. Yeah, but I guess the flip side is it's changed so much since then, and we still love it. Yeah. It's going to continue Because to I change. love the games. Yeah. That's right. And the games aren't going anywhere. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio, live at M-Trade Park in Oxford. From the Seabrook Paint And now we have a special surprise for everyone. More Sports Talk Mississippi right now on Super Talk Mississippi. (laughs) 
Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Friday afternoon. A little gray, a little chilly, but not going to stop baseball tonight at M-Trade Park. That's right. 150 teams on their way in this weekend. For uh, This is the first really big weekend of the spring. There have been a couple of tournaments that have happened over the last couple of weeks, but this is when it really gets rolling at uh, M-Trade Park. Games start at 5.30 tonight, so we're probably an hour or so away from teams to uh, coming in and starting to get ready. And uh, we're joined now by Brad Freeman, who is the director, executive director. Director's good. Director of yeah. M-Trade Park and has been since before this place, um, before – there was a single field out here. There were trees. He was uh, he was in charge of this before they put the first bulldozer out here. Do you ever do you ever take just a second to kind of look around and go, man, we've come a long way? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um I came across some old videos that I filmed in 2007 when we kind of just started, and it really is amazing because this place was it was a cotton field where the soccer fields are now, and then you know 60 acres of woodland. And it really is amazing see how far we've come in 16, 17 years or so. Yeah, and, and it's turned into a destination. I'm, I'm curious, um, partly because of the success of M-Trade, I, I feel like in, in this kind of region, Snowden Grove in South Haven was the first big yeah. complex, and there were so many teams. There were other communities that looked and was like, oh, we, we wish we could do that. Mm-hmm. They have continued to be a big deal, and... M Trade Park obviously has had a ton of success, but you see other cities and communities that are, are trying to get into the game as well. Is it getting harder, or has the fact that you guys are established and you've done a good job and you've continued to upgrade the facilities made it made you able to sustain? Yeah, I, you know, I feel like we've we've been able to sustain um, kind of our success is is because of the support that we get, you know, from the mayor and board and. When we do need to expand or upgrade, you know, they're always on board. And so that, that that's played a key role into us sustaining our success for sure. Um, you know, not to mention the, uh, the, the staff that I work with out here. I mean, they, they keep pushing the ball forward as well. You know, I, I can't say enough good things about them, but, but yeah, um, when, when we started even the building process, you know, I took a lot of, uh, I took a lot of time and studied parks like Snowden Grove, the one in Jackson, Tennessee, mm-hmm. over the time. Um, it's, and it's still there. So, um, yeah, we're, we're definitely blessed here, for sure. Hey, have you had colleagues in other places who have kind of done what you did, where they've kind of come in and, and look at the facility, facilities here and the way you guys operate and yeah. try to kind of take some best practices? Yeah. Um, I know Starville came down. They just got a new new park. It's, it's more baseball-related. Um, they came down. We talked to a group from Grenada, Mississippi, who just built um, some fields over there. I don't know the whole details of that. But um, we've talked to several. I know a group from uh, somewhere in Kentucky came down one time. Oh, wow. Brought the mayor and board, like the whole staff, and, and studied, the, studied the park. So, um, And we're always willing to share. And uh, kind of tell tell people who do what we do, what's worked, what hasn't worked. So it's been it's been good. There are a lot of things that other places can replicate. What they can't necessarily replicate is being in a college town. Oh yeah, uh, that is attractive for, for people to travel to. It feels like that's one feather in your cap that will always be there. Yes, I mean the the fact that 
M Trade Park is in Oxford, Mississippi, is then that's the marriage that that really makes it work. It's because we get a lot of teams who, you know, they'll want to come watch get get a three game series in, right? You know, and and watch watch Ole Miss play baseball or. You know, just just with the square and the university being as attractive as it is, that that is such a major component to why we've been successful. Is that we are here? I, I can't tell you how many times, whether it was I was broadcasting a game, yeah. so I'm in the TV booth looking down, or I'm just sitting in the stands for a Friday night game, and you look up and you see a kid walking through who's in full uniform, yeah. probably taking his cleats off, but he's covered from dirt, you know, in dirt head to toe. It's like. Okay, they just finished their game and came straight That's to the it. ballpark, and it's kind of cool to see that. Oh yeah, they'll go. Um, you know, especially like you know, on Saturday if Ole Miss first pitches say at, at six, and they've played their two games before that, they'll bring the whole team there. And um, Ole Miss baseball has worked with us to offer them some deals from time to time, so it's been really neat, neat to see that those teams will be able to do that. It's interesting, Brad. I, I mean, I remember. Um, Growing up here, when when you were in high school, or, or even before you were in high school, you know, you playing summer ball, um, and you had to go to Memphis to mm-hmm. to play on a, a travel team at That's the right. time. Played with the, the Memphis Tigers. Yep. People don't have to do that anymore because there's such a focus, and, and there's some that still do, but there's such a focus at the local level. It, it's crazy how much. Baseball in particular, but it's not just baseball. It's soccer and it's fast pitch and and other sports as well. How much has changed in the last 10 years, but certainly in the last 20 years? Yeah, definitely in the last 20. I think, well, my experience, you know, growing up here was you played summer ball that started in June and then finished those 10 games and maybe played six or eight games with your all-star team. Yeah. You know, (laughs) that. These kids may pay, play twelve games this weekend. You know, I don't know, but um, the the opportunity to play um, not only baseball, fast pitch soccer is just just greater for kids nowadays. Visiting with Brad Freeman, he's the director of M Trade Park, coming to you from M Trade Park in Oxford. Proud partner of ours on Sports Talk Mississippi. They have been for a long time. Yeah. Um, I want to switch gears with you. Uh, you had a a pretty cool experience not too terribly <laughs> long ago. Um, congratulations. Well earned the opportunity to uh, officiate a Super Bowl. Um, yeah. when, when you first got into officiating, your dad was already in the NFL, I yep. think. He was still in the SEC at the time. Okay, yeah. so, so yeah. You, when you started, you were both in the SEC at the same time? No, I, I'm sorry. His He started officiating when I was still in high school. Okay. And then I got when I got in the SEC, I think he was in his – third or fourth year in the NFL, and then our careers in the NFL overlapped by about six seasons. Yeah. Um, you know, I got to work uh, one preseason game with him, which, I mean, I mean, how cool is that, you know? No doubt. It was amazing um, to be on the same field and doing, you know, doing the same work that your dad's doing was really cool. So that's kind of how our careers interto- intertwine. When you first got into officiating at, at the SEC level, mm-hmm. And your dad was in the NFL. Did you, from day one, have a goal of getting there, or did you just kind of get into this and say, "Hey, let's try it out and see how it goes"? Yeah, definitely. When I got into it, I mean, man, my first game ever was in high school. I was part of a a, a Startville area officiating body, 
and it was at I think it was like Winona at Montgomery County. Okay. Okay. You know that's pretty uh, glamorous setup. Yeah, high level glamorous setup, right? <laughs> Pay, but, paycheck was about what forty five dollars or so then. Yeah, seventy five. I think we were seventy five bucks, and um, you know, just just when you start out, you're just learning the mechanics and like where to go, who you're looking at, um, and then all the while, what you're honing your judgment, and so to to kind of go, man, that, that's where I. Starting there, no, I was just trying to be the best that I could at that level. And then when you get to the any level you work at, that should be the goal, you know, of an official. It's just be the best where you're at. Yeah. And then kind of let your career organically happen, you know, from there. So Not that yeah. different than being an athlete, you would think. You know, you just yeah. you start small. You start at whatever high school you play at, and then you – you go up to an SEC caliber athlete mm-hmm. like you, and, and then you go into the pros and go from there. Exactly. I mean, the officials take the same track. Like we, I started, I did, uh, you know, JV ball on a Tuesday night at Startwell High School, and then you would go. I worked arena football, and you just you just kind of move up. Similar uh, progression as a player. What do you say to somebody that says, "I don't care how good they are, officials are terrible." <laughs> hey, Dad. I mean, who says that? Never, I, I mean, I, is this guy to my left? I, you know? I, I can't imagine somebody being so critical <laughs> of a job that's so difficult. Um, but tune into Gallo in the morning. But, but but those people are out there. Yeah, I mean, I I really to to be honest, I don't even pay that any mind you know when that's good man you when, and i have so much in common there's so that? little that he says yeah. that i pay any attention yeah. to anyway yeah i have heard the, the clips from hey Dad say that you know and i just be like you know I'll, I'll pray for that guy right there right you know no it's, i appreciate uh, that yeah I, I need all i can get on that on that account <laughs> it's um it, it's something that that folks say it just kind of goes with the territory doesn't it yeah you just go okay we will. Uh, we're going to take a quick time out, and uh, if we can convince him to stay just for a few more minutes, we'll see if we can. Uh, we, we will see if we can get some stories from behind yeah. the scenes of working a Super Bowl. I don't want to get you in any, any trouble. Yeah. Uh, but but would love to hear a little bit more about that uh, that experience. Brad Freeman, director of M Trade Park, visiting with us. All guests appear on the Farm Bureau guest line, even when they're sitting next to us. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau. Quick time out. We're back with you right after this. Live from M-Trade Park in Oxford. From the Venable... The best. The best. Sports talk in the state. It's the best thing. Say that again. We the best on three. One, two, three. We the best. Sports talk Mississippi. Super talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borkey is hanging out, making it all happen from Studio X in Jackson. He's made this trip several times, so uh, we miss you being here today. And uh, we're joined for a few more minutes by Brad Freeman, who uh, 
bivocational Brad Freeman. He's the director of M Trade Park, and he is also a uh, an NFL official. And has how many years in the league now? Just finished my tenth season. Really? Yeah, I know. How about that? Tell me about it. Um, how long had you been in the league when you first worked a playoff game? Was it year five, maybe? Um, no, it was. Um, I want to say it was my second year in. Really? Yeah. After the, well, year. that doesn't happen. Well, yeah, I was. Uh, I guess you know, I was fortunate and got one, and actually, or, or, or you were good at your job. Thank you. Yeah, you're I'll welcome. I'll, I'll say that if you're not going to, <laughs> I'll take it. And you know that my my uh, the the first playoff game I had was the last ever outdoor game at Minnesota because it was while they were building oh, at the stadium the, at the University of Minnesota's. Field. Yes, and it was. Uh, I mean, we kicked off with the windshield, so it was like minus something. It was it was bitter cold that day, but yeah, that was that was the first one, and it was. I think that was in. Like January of 16, maybe somewhere in there. And, and so to get to the point where you have the opportunity to work a Super Bowl, and I don't know that mm-hmm. this is a direct path, but you kind of have to advance through the playoffs, right? You have yeah. to qualify for either a wild card game or a division round game, and then yeah. you make your way to a conference championship game, and then ultimately, mm-hmm. if you do a good enough job for a long enough time, you, you get that opportunity. That's you, right. you, you, you eh, I'm not going to put you in a spot by saying that. When you found out, that that happened, that, that you had earned that right mm-hmm. to, to call a Super Bowl. What was your initial reaction? Wow, it's uh, it's it it caught me off guard a little bit because it was kind of emotional, you know. Really? It's like, um, it, like when I got the call, it and it it all hit you. You're kind of like, did that that just happen? You know, I got a call to work the Super Bowl. Yeah, and and for me, I immediately kind of looked back at the path and you know how much because for to be successful at officiating and you know what, what a lot of us do you have to have a high level support from your family right you know and just kind of look back and all the nights you know maybe driving throughout the night to get to my son's soccer game from a game i had down at lsu or um just you know, all the Saturday mornings, you, you get up and you drive to Memphis at three forty-five to catch that first flight out. You know, so it was it, it, that that kind of caught me off guard. Is is how emotional, you know? I didn't expect to feel that way, but just uh, overcome with, you know, I was just honored to get the call. It was awesome. And, and then, not only are you officiating the Super Bowl, but you're standing at midfield for the coin toss. Not once, but twice. Yeah. Uh, only the second overtime game in Super Bowl history. So you got doubled the uh, the FaceTime yeah. uh, on that. I was with a big group, and there, everybody was like, that's Brad! That's Brad! And, yeah. and, and I know people around here were excited for you. The city named Super Bowl Sunday Brad yeah, Freeman Day. That was, that was crazy. Um, is there... Is it any different calling that game than it is a regular season game or a normal playoff game? You know, what's uh, when you're out there, and I mean, obviously, you know, Super Bowl, right? Sure, looking Super Bowl. Um, but once the game starts, and you just you just get in it, it's just you know, you're just working the game. Um, I mean, you know, you know what you're working, but after you've done I equate it to, you know, you've done so many of these shows, it's kind of like second nature to sure. you, right? And then after, when you've worked, man, 
not to say I've, I've worked a lot of games. You just get out there and you're just working. You're in the flow and, you know, you're doing your thing, communicate with the coaches, players. and You've got to be in the neighborhood of 200 games now. Uh, if, if you're not quite there, you got to be close. I mean, yeah. 10 years, 16 games a year? 10 years, you can Preseason games, pre-season, postseason games? Post-season. Last, what, last couple of years have been three, 17 games a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I would say. If you're not pushing. there, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Over work over 200 games. So, Did you get to meet Taylor Swift? No, oh. I didn't. Sorry. Yeah. That was one of the questions that was off limits. You weren't allowed to Oh, I'm sorry. That. I didn't know. I didn't <laughs> know. He, didn't, he didn't share uh, the nah. list with me. I did. I mean, I think. Well, I know she was there because they showed her on the Jumbotron. Yeah, chugging oh. beers, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Super Bowls tend to be games where maybe there aren't as many flags, and then it gets late in games, and the flags seem so consequential, especially in a close game. Is there Are those games played differently that maybe lead to fewer penalties in games like that? Yeah, I mean, that that's a good question. I mean, you know, as an official, we, when, when, you, when you see a foul, you call it. Right. right, you know, and so um, I've never really been—I don't know—hadn't thought about it. We're yeah. just out there, out there working. I don't, I don't generally think of Super Bowls being where the story usually is about the officials. So it's uh, congratulations! What a Thank what an incredible honor! Continued success. Thank you. Can you do this for another decade or two? I hope so. We'll see. You know, you got to have the body hold up and keep and. Keep being uh, successful at what you're doing, so we'll, we'll make it make a run at it. Well, continued success in that career and continued success here at MT Thank Trade you. Park as well. You're the best. Thank Appreciate you. it. All Brad right. Freeman joining us on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Hour number two coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi on the road today at M-Trade Park. I, I switched hats during the uh, break. I went to my M-Trade Park lid. New yeah, lids. You look good. These are good. You look good. Are we, are we going to send one of these back for Borky? Yeah, we got three. Okay. So I got one, and here's one that uh, then we'll send it with, right. we'll, we'll send it with Gary. Borky, we got a new lid for you. Yeah. Uh, great. If Gary doesn't steal it, this should make it back to uh, Jackson for you. These are sharp. He said it have to you. Uh, glad to be with you. So from a former Bulldog who was a standout in college baseball mm-hmm. to a former Rebel who was a standout in college baseball and now is the color analyst on the Ole Miss Radio Network alongside David Kellum when David's not on the road. Brad's had a bunch of partners early in the season. Brad Henderson joins us uh, this afternoon to talk some Ole Miss baseball. Hey, dude, what's up, my man? Hey, man. How are we today? Great. Great. We are at M-Trade Park, so it's a home game for us. For you. For me. Yeah, Hey Dad had to, to drive a little bit today. He, you know, he's an all-time great, but when we put together our all-time teams, I don't recall you putting him on your team. I think he was on Hey Dad's team. That I'm, tells you the kind of respect I have for Brad Henderson. I'm, I'm really never going to live that nope. down. Nope. The man's your friend, <laughs> and you just, just didn't pick him. I mean, uh, he could hit, and the team that he's watching – and uh, calling games for all of a sudden can uh, can hit a little bit. Uh, what's different, Brad, from uh, the first four, five, six games of the regular season where it really looked like a struggle for the Rebels at the plate to uh, to these last four games where they've kind of exploded offensively? Well, I, I think there's several factors. I, obviously, when you 
when you fly halfway across the world, you know, and, and, and get off a plane and you play 13 innings the first game and then play 14 innings the next day uh, in a doubleheader and, and then get beat on Sunday and fly all the way back. You know, I think there was some sluggishness uh, early on. I think some guys were pressing, uh, especially the transfer guys. It seems like when we were in Hawaii, the, the returners seemed to swing it pretty well, uh, Groff and Leger. And, um, and so I – I think that was just kind of – I just think it was a recipe with with so many new faces that, that you could kind of get punched in the mouth, and that's what we did. And and then we get back to Swayze, obviously, and, and things have kind of turned around, and guys are starting to settle in. You're starting to see, obviously, Jackson Rawls, who's one of the hottest hitters in the country right now, and Hughes had a great night the other night. I think Luke Hill's starting to figure it out, uh, and Fisher's really settling in. So those, those guys are, are, are getting back to – to what they do well, and that's just play the game. I think it's slowed down for them enough now. Uh, but it's different, you know, when you transfer in, even, even if it's from a ACC school or, or, uh, you know, or Arizona State, when you put the lights on at Swayze and, and, and there's eight or 10,000 people there, uh, it, it's just different. So I, I just think it's, uh, you know, I, I just think it just takes a little time to, to get accustomed to it and, and to settle in, but hopefully, and, like we've seen the last four or five games, you, you, you're starting to, uh, to to see that. Brad, I'd, I'd love for you to take us back to your freshman season. So you're making the transition from high school baseball to college baseball. And try to give us a sense of how difficult that transition is. And, and what I'm getting at is... Campbell Smithwick was the opening day starter at catcher. He's not starting every game. It has not swung it probably as well as he would like to out of the gate. How hard is that transition? How hard is what he is being asked to do? How tough is that to do it at a high level? Yeah, I couldn't fathom uh, what he's going through because I didn't start as a freshman until about midway through the season, so at least I had a half a season uh, to kind of see what was going on. I would get your, you know, your, your chief ABs, as I call them. You know, you're, we're up 10 or we were down 10, you know, and they throw you in for an AB. But this guy was penciled in as the catcher uh, at Ole Miss, which just a little added pressure there. Um, yeah. The only thing I can remember, Richard, is it just seemed like everybody who on the radar gun was throwing 87 to 90, it looked 97 to 100. To me, it looked like everybody that probably ran a uh, a four eight or a five flat forty looked like they were running a four two forty, and everybody that you know, it, the game was so fast, and it took me so, and I never, I, it never slowed down until my sophomore year, and and in today's world, that can't happen. You know, all these highly talented kids coming out of high school, they roll them out there. And uh, I, I can't fathom what he's having to go through. And I think the hardest part for him now is the mental part of it because it wears on you. He, he knows what he's hitting. Uh, but they just got to keep pounding in his head because he had a tremendous fall. He had a tremendous spring uh, as far as inner squads goes. He just lit it up. And he's got to, he's got to get back to that. And he, he will. And, and he'll figure it out for, you know, sooner than later. Because he's a great kid with a great work ethic, but uh, yeah, it's tough. I, I know it's hard on him right now, and he just needs to have a uh, he just needs to have you know a couple knocks in one game can get you going, and uh, you know you just hope that sooner than later. 
And and you pointed out the offensive piece, but you also mentioned a second ago he's playing catcher for Ole Miss, for Mike Bianco, for Carl Lafferty, where there's kind of a, a pretty strong history of those guys um, having high-performing catchers. He's also got to handle the defensive side and the entire pitching staff. Yeah, and that's why I said it the way I said it. it, it it's not like he's going up there DHing every game. He He is basically the – uh, the, the captain of that defense behind the plate. And, uh, and that's an added pressure. And he knows who he's following Harris and, uh, Dunhurst and all the greats that have come before him. Yeah. And three of his coaches, uh, were all catchers. And so, you know, that's the reason he came here was to get better at that position, which he will certainly do, but it's certainly an added pressure on top of him. But again, I think it goes back to, uh, the quality kid that he is, uh, and, and his work ethic, he, he's going to figure it out and he will go down as one of those great catchers that have won red and blue. All right, Brad. So this weekend, uh, price of poker goes up a little bit. Competition level goes up a little bit as Ole Miss hosts Iowa. Uh, you don't necessarily think about Big Ten teams being filled with elite arms. And yet from a starting pitching standpoint, this Iowa squad is, uh, is pretty loaded. What are the Rebels going to see this weekend? Yeah, we're going to see Brody Brett tonight, the big right-hander. Obviously, if you've been awake the last three or four days, you know who he is. And, you know, he's he's going to be a right-hander that, that, that gets it up there. You know, obviously it's going to be a cool night at Swayze, but, you know, he, he can get to the triple digits with that fastball. He can get up to 100. ERA right now is at 1.74. He's only thrown 10 and a third innings because we're so early in the season, but he's already got 22 punch-outs. So, you know, tall tasks tonight, and obviously um, it's going to be tough all weekend because then we'll see Marcus Morgan, a right-hander tomorrow, uh, who's 1-0. Opponents are only hitting a buck seventy-two against him. And then we'll see a left-hander, Ogle Mueller, who's thrown nine innings already, and opponents are only hitting 143 against him. So, yes, and it's going to remind you more of, a, of an SEC weekend, I believe, as far as the pitching goes. Um and we talk about it all the time. When, when, when you start seeing guys like this run out there on the hill, it, it boils down to, to, to defense. You've got to be good defensively. We've got to have good pitching. And then it's going to come down to timely hits. I, I don't think you're going to see us run out there like we did uh, and score 25 runs like we did last weekend on Sunday. So, you know, you've got to make the most of, of your opportunities. But this will be a good test for Ole Miss. It, it really will. Um, and, and hopefully get us ready for conference here uh, in a couple weeks. You know, 101 pops off the page at you like nothing else when you're talking about Brody Breck. But there's one other thing in his stat line that pops out. He's gone, as you said, 10 and a third innings so far this season. But he's walked 10 guys. So he's striking out two an inning, but he's walking a batter per inning as well so far this season. How important is it going to be for Ole Miss to, to see some pitches and try to push that pitch count up especially with the struggles that Iowa had as a bullpen a week ago. Yeah, obviously that's been their Achilles heel is, is the back end of it. So you, it, it's kind of a catch-20, though, offensively, because you, you, if you're gearing up for fastball and you get it at 100 and you're geared up for it, you, you want to barrel it up. You can't miss it, right? And, and that may be the first pitch of the at-bat, but he has certainly shown uh, where he's been inconsistent in being in the zone. And Ole Miss up until this point, has done a nice job all season uh, drawing the walks. You know, we've, we've, we've walked 38 times through uh, 
Uh, it's been more than that. I can I don't even know the numbers, but it, we we have shown the ability to take pitches uh, and, and take the walk. So you know it's the catch twenty though against a guy that throws a hundred. You you, you kind of want to get after him early if you can, um, and, and we'll see how he responds. Again, it, it, we should have great crowd tonight. I know it's going to be a little cool, but uh, you know I think everybody's excited since we kind of turned the tide in the last week. Uh, so I think we'll have a good crowd and and some emotion there. So. It'll be interesting to see. It's a good matchup. We're finally starting to swing it like we thought we were, and we're going to face a big-time arm that's going to go really, really high in the draft. Brad, last thing for you. only got 30 seconds left. Have you seen any kind of an emotional lift being around the team over the last couple of games where they've kind of been able to breathe a sigh of relief? Yeah, you can. Anytime I do a post game now, it's, it's, you can tell there's a, lot, there's a lot more confidence now, and it's a genuine confidence when when they're talking with me uh at first they it was they were just kind of searching right uh just yeah. trying to say the right things because they were going through a bad spell and, and now you can see those guys uh kind of loving on each other a little bit more pulling for each other and uh you just certainly hope that trend continues brad always appreciate your time great catching up thank you man Brad Henderson joining us, talking some Ole Miss baseball this afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi, live at M-Trade Park, on the road with you on this Friday afternoon. Opening in Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first, right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. Mississippi on the road coming to you live from M Trade Park in Oxford, Mississippi. M Trade Park. If you're going to play, play M Trade. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky with you this afternoon. Glad to have you along for the ride. You can join the conversation on the Ceasefire text line 601 879 4395. 601 Give your. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from C Spire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do. That's right here in C Spire country. We are in the Pearl River Resort studio. Check them out online at pearlriverresort.com. You can find out about all the things that are happening and buy tickets to some of their live events online at pearlriverresort.com. Southern Miss football. We knew the non-conference slate. We knew who the opponents were going to be. Now we've got game times and days and all of that. Michael Borky, you uh, you pointed out that there is something that uh, that stands out to you on the schedule. On the schedule, I mean, I guess things can change, but the way that they released it and announced it today, no midweek football for Southern Miss this year. That's right. All of their games are on Saturdays this season. Sure. Um, no, I, if I'm a USM fan, obviously that's what you want to hope. But surely that's one of those things they, they change week to week, right? Or they'll change it as we get into the But the conference did the their big announcement today. Like, this was their formal schedule release day with you're, the you're, videos you're, you're and right. all that. You're right, but they did that for the SEC, and they have the Egg Bowl on Saturday, and we still kind of think that it's going to be on Thanksgiving Day. I, mean, uh, I have to think. I, 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 look, if I'm, I'm hoping for the USM fans that this is correct, right? 
Nothing. Saturday is where college football belongs. That's what you want. You want Saturday home games. You want Saturday away dates. We'll see. I, I would say we'll see. Uh, I, on that Thanksgiving Egg Bowl note, by the way, hmm. there's another college football game that got scheduled that day. The only yeah, one. Memphis game, right? Memphis playing at 3 o'clock that afternoon? Memphis at Tulane. So the, the schedule I'm looking at has time TBA, but I'll take your word for it for uh, for 3 o'clock. Let me see if I can uh, find a different schedule that has time. Uh, no time on Memphis's website either. But, yeah, Memphis at Tulane on Thanksgiving. I, I was told that that was a 3 o'clock game. So... If you assume that that's going to be in the afternoon, that tells you that ESPN is going to have another game um, at night. And the question is, who is that going to be? So you And it really feels like they're only – I mean, I guess there are lots of options that they could with, but it's either going to be the Egg Bowl or it's going to be Texas and Texas A&M. And I have not gotten an update um, from people that uh, – I had somebody ask me, hey – with what the Texas AD has said about wanting to be on Thanksgiving night and this announcement that there's another game, do, do you think it's moving? And I just don't know the answer to that. And I will continue to try and work and see if I can get an answer on that. But as of right now, I'm still under the impression that it's Egg, egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night. Right. Um, I know the people at the SEC office – like all the way up to Greg Sankey, thought that that was a good time slot for Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Now, fans don't necessarily agree. <laughs> Excuse me. You're correct about that. Um, and fans also don't necessarily care what the brass at the league office thinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they are looking at it from a different perspective than, than fans are. Um, all right, guys – I think this is – hey, Dad was saying we'll get more announcements. As part of the Sunbelt release, they have Thursday night games and Tuesday night games already on the schedule. And we got a text here from someone, who apparently a USM fan, that last year both of the midweek games were announced as midweek games at the beginning of the season. Great. Eleven Sunbelt programs will be featured in midweek conference scheduled games all – Eight games appear on ESPN uh, or ESPN platforms. Right. So Thursday, September 9th, South Alabama at App State. I'm not going to give you all the dates on these. Texas State at Troy, Coastal at James Madison, Troy at South Alabama, Georgia State at Marshall, Georgia Southern at Old Dominion, Louisiana at Texas State, and then App State at Coastal wrapping that portion of the schedule up on November 7th. Well, then so we might have some good news here for USM fans. Well, but here's my question. Yeah. The immediate reaction is, oh, good news for them. All the games are on Saturday. At Kentucky to start the year. Southeastern Louisiana week two at home. Uh, USF at home in week three. That's a nice game on the schedule. Um, At Jacksonville State week four. They get the Raging Cajuns in Hattiesburg. ULM is a road game. Arkansas State's in Hattiesburg. Got to go to James Madison on October 26th. tough, Tough assignment there. Yeah. Marshall comes to Hattiesburg. Got to go to Texas State. South Alabama's in uh, in the Berg this year, and then finish it up at Troy. So, yes, the continuity of playing on Saturdays is good. But what about losing that spotlight? 
having that national spotlight on Tuesday or Thursday where if it's a Tuesday night, you're one of a couple of games that's being played. If you're on a Thursday night, it's one of a handful of games that's being played nationally. I, I just, just thinking out loud, I think if I'm Will Hall, yeah, I like the national publicity, but I like Saturday games. I think those are better for my fans. I think you have a better chance of getting bigger crowds on a Saturday than a Tuesday or a Thursday. Yeah, the home versus road Even, thing there, too. But in, for what it's worth, the, their game against Louisiana, uh, the most recent game in the midweek, drew fewer than 200,000 people. Yeah, I mean, there's not, there's not a ton of spot. I mean, you know, I'm watching. But so I was one of them. Yeah. That was an awesome game. <laughs> we, we're 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 point something percent of the uh, of the, the total audience there. Um, I just think that Will Hall would probably tell you I'd like to have my fans on campus for a Saturday in Hattiesburg. Okay, and I, and I would imagine the average Hattiesburgian, Hattiesburger, uh, would tell you the same. Is there a scenario where a crowd is bigger on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night than it is on a Saturday? A Thursday, maybe. Maybe. De- definitely not on a Tuesday. Not on a Tuesday. I, li- I-, I like watching those games, but, I mean, it does. It always feels weird. Uh, we get a message. I would love to have an away game on a Thursday night on TV. Yeah, that's a, that's the other side of that coin, right? If you're going to have to play on Thursday, you want to be on the road. Yeah. You, d- you don't want to give away one of your Saturdays. They're precious, man. You only get seven. Yeah. it's a good point. Um, somebody also asked us, what do we think about or what do we think that Texas and Texas A&M fans feel about playing on Thanksgiving Day? We got a little insight on that, didn't we? Texas wants it. A&M does not because Texas wants it. Yeah. Because there, there's your there's good, solid, logical reasoning right there. Um, I, I thought some of the online chatter, and I mean that is that's not exactly operating in the real world. I understand that. It made it sound like more people liked the idea of Texas, Texas A&M returning to Thanksgiving than what it looks like in terms of online chatter among Ole Miss and Mississippi State fans. But that might just be a, we've been doing this for the past few years and kind of tired of it versus, hey, that sounds, that's new. Like there's novelty? Yeah, we haven't done it since, you know, the last time we did it in 2011. Yeah, that's altogether possible. So yeah, they they did. It was their thing, though. I mean, what is it? Sixty eight times they've played well, on, the, on the holiday. It was, it was both of our things. You know, you, the game was played during the day. They would play, you know, and and then State Ole Miss would be that evening. And, and TV had no say so in a, at that point. Yeah, Just, it's, not, it's not like the game was on television. Yeah. In those well, I mean, days. when when Ole Miss and State were playing on Thanksgiving in years gone by, Texas, Texas A and M. I don't know. Maybe that was a TV game. Yeah. But when Ole Miss and State were playing on Thanksgiving in the 50s, 60s, 70s? Oh, I was talking about in the 90s. They, they, Texas Tech Stadium was played during the day, and then they played the Egg Bowl at night. That's right. Yeah. It was a de- it was like an 11 a.m. kickoff, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, they go up against the Lions. Because yeah. they were, certainly weren't going to go up against the Cowboys. No. No, not at all. In Texas. Uh, C Spire Text Line also works for teams to have the consistency in the game playing and having equal time to get ready to play each game. That's from Billy and Ocean Springs. Yeah. I mean, Creatures of habit, like routine, all of those things very much in play. Uh, if State and Ole Miss want the Thanksgiving game, they should get it because of tradition. Yeah. Well, it's recent tradition for Ole Miss. It's previous tradition for A&M and Texas. Yeah, yeah they've they've played that game on that night double the amount that the Egg Bowl has. 
Yeah. I don't, I, when they play the Egg Bowl, I'll show up. I'm with you. I, I, Borky has very strong opinions about this. Hey, Dad and I are kind of ambivalent, I think. Borky has very strong opinions about everything. Well. It's kind of his thing. Uh, yeah. He, he likes to have strong opinions. It's right? kind of the yeah. point of the platform. Eh, 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 there's some debate to that. Eh. There's some debate uh, to whether or not you should have strong opinions on a sports talk platform? Yeah. You got a problem with that? Ooh. Was that a strong opinion, <laughs> hey, Dad? Did she just, just had there? I, str- I strong opinioned him. Sports Talk Mississippi. we got more coming up with you on the road today at M-Trade Park in Oxford. We're back after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. From the Seabrook Paint Dyke Sports Talk Mississippi. Your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Curious guys, is, is this the world's biggest oops? Have you seen the story from this afternoon at ESPN.com? The prosecutor handling the sports wagering case against four former or suspended Iowa State athletes has asked a judge to dismiss all charges. Without hearing the story, there have been bigger oops than this. But go ahead. Due to this, uh, in a motion filed Friday in Story County District Court, uh, Court, Kurt, Kurt, Assistant County Attorney Benjamin Matchin wrote that the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation exceeded the scope of permitted use of tracking software that detected open mobile betting apps in Iowa State athletic facilities. Due to this newly discovered evidence, the state no longer believes further prosecution in this matter is in the interest of justice. So... Two things can be true. Yeah. One, this was a massive screw-up, and they were not going to be able to get a conviction, assuming that the defendants had good attorneys. And two, the betting stuff actually did happen. And therefore, these players being suspended or losing their eligibility is okay. Their investigation was it was too good. They, yeah. They, they had too much information. Can, can we be okay with that being the takeaway on this? That, yes, they did gamble, and therefore it's okay that they were being suspended, but in terms of criminal prosecution, the law enforcement overstepped its legal bounds, and therefore they're not going to be able to get a conviction, so just yeah. go ahead and drop the case. Is that is that okay? It's not what you know. It's what you can prove in court. <laughs> and if you got... Stuff that they're going to object and it's not going to be found. You can't admit it into evidence. It's inadmissible. Inadmissible. That's, inadmissible. That's the word you were looking for. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, well, I got there. I, I've watched a lot of legal dramas. My wife Jennifer, huge Law and Order fan, mm. so I know I know where I'm going with this stuff. Sure. Anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. It's one of those times where it's like, yeah, we we know they did it and we can prove they did it, but we can't prove in a court of law that they did it. 
Borky, do you, does what I'm saying make sense? That, like, maybe these players are just okay with the fact that they're not going to be convicted criminally, but they clearly participated in the online wagering, which is a very real violation of NCAA rules, and so those suspensions and being kicked off the team were warranted? Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, you've got rules in your house, right? You've got kids. When they Uh break one of your rules, do they get punished for it in some way? Maybe not as consistently as they should, but, but, <laughs> but yes. But, I mean, but it, it, it does I, happen, I, right? It's I'm, a like, battle I'm that, like a corrupt judge. I play favorites. I can be bought. You know, I, it's, that's no big deal. I think it's a battle that all of us as parents face to some degree. You don't really want to punish your children, and so there are moments. But, but yes. <laughs> well, no, hold on. You, there are sometimes I'm like, I really want to punish these children. Yes, yes, that's also true. So that, then I become the hanging judge. But but the last time it happened, they broke a, a house rule that that you were in the mood to enforce that day. Did they break a law? No, no. But but they still got punished anyway, right? So just because these athletes are not getting criminally prosecuted doesn't mean that they didn't do something worthy of punishment. Yeah, and that's a, there's a we've been doing that for years with the NCAA. It's not illegal to pay somebody to do something, but it's right. illegal for the NCAA to, for you to do it. Yeah. So there's a huge difference there. Yeah. And Uh-oh. a lot of other athletes are really, really lucky, it seems, that their states didn't go after them. I mean, this is a uh, a widespread thing. Uh, Mississippi athletes are lucky that you can't – I mean, there's online gambling that you can access, just, you, you know, offshore stuff. But that day's going to come here soon, and you hope that the schools can use this as a glaring example of, hey, guys, you're on scholarship, you're getting paid – you do not need to gamble, and if you do, you lose it all. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes to online sports, um, sports betting in Mississippi, I mean, there were a lot of people that were excited when that initially, it sounded like the beginning of this legislative session that it was going to happen. That has been very quiet. Um, I am led to believe that there have been some uh, some hang-ups and some holdouts behind closed doors, but I don't know. Maybe it gets worked out. Maybe it doesn't. There's uh I sure hope so. All kinds of all kinds of deal making that happens at the um, at the legislative <laughs> level, but state level, federal level, all the above. More on Gallo. Yeah. So um, so we'll see. Uh, Matt Bowles, who is an attorney for one of the players that was suspended, said so many other people that were charged in this investigation were stuck between a rock and a hard place between the university, the NCAA, and their eligibility. Their fortitude in sticking this out is really important. They were given opportunities to plead and make this go away. Most of the athletes who were charged pleaded guilty to underage gambling, paid fines, and had identity theft charges that were dropped. The identity theft charges stem from athletes registering accounts on mobile sports betting apps under different names, usually a relative. So these players that stuck it out and fought it all the way to the end they're kind of vindicated in doing that, whereas there were others that were willing to say, yeah, I did this, I messed up, I'll plead to this, let's just move on. So from a, a prosecution standpoint, a permanent record standpoint, this certainly paid off. But I guess when I just I, I just go back to the, the beginning, 
The NCAA has had so many times where if it had had access, the college basketball scandal most recently, Mm -hmm. had had access to the investigative documents that the federal government was using where they put people in prison. 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 Then Not not, not for gambling either. You got basketball programs that would have been shot to the moon. Yeah. But... They weren't able to do that. They, they couldn't use that. And so here's a spot where the NCAA does use what is available to them via public records. But it's the court system or the 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 legal system that can't use the information because of how it was obtained. Turnabout is fair play? Yes. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's where we'll go with that. Sure. Yeah. Just a, that's a fascinating story. But there have been bigger oopses. I want to. I want to again go with that. Yeah, you know, I could list probably a dozen. I don't yeah. have an issue with that. Yeah, like the people they invaded Russia during the winter in World War Two. That's probably a bigger oops. <laughs> it's not that wasn't the smartest not, move. Not the most strategic plan. No, no. All right, tomorrow in the SEC, Ole Miss at Missouri, Mississippi State at Auburn, Florida at South Carolina. It's a big game. Big game there. That's that's a good chance for uh, – it, it kind of – and this was <laughs> – Ole Miss picked up two quad two wins this week because the net change for State and Florida dropped them out of quad one into quad two. Ole Miss didn't have any quad two wins on Wednesday. They have two today. Mm. Uh, so that game is a quad two game. But does that mean they have two fewer quad, quad one yes. wins? Yes. You, the, you'd rather have no quad two win more quad one. When ones. State was up to 28, that was a quad one win for Ole Miss. And Florida was at 27 or something like that. That dropped as well. But so that means that's a quad two game for South Carolina. Okay. It would have been a quad one game if they had played on Tuesday. Although after the game is played, it's possible that Florida's net ranking goes up. Possible. And it turns into a quad one game. Well, yeah, but in that situation, you would figure South Carolina probably lost. Possibly so. <laughs> so South Carolina just needs to win. Would you rather have to... a quad two win or a quad one they, Yeah, you'd rather have a quad two win. You, you just need to win that game. Arkansas is at Kentucky this weekend. You know, Eric Musselman told us that the Razorbacks had uh, been playing better. They had won four of their last seven. But Should then... have been five of their last seven. Wow. And oh. then Jerry Stackhouse and the Vanderbilt Commodores came along. He was so focused on that Mississippi State game, he was just he couldn't get ready for Vanderbilt. Not a lot of tournament at, not a lot of of, of tournament implications in this list of games. LSU is at Vanderbilt. Yeah, nothing. Not not much there. Texas A and M at Georgia. A and M needs to win. They're, they're done. I think they're done. You think they're done? Yeah, they're they're in the they're getting close to the, they're in the fifties right now. Uh Tennessee is there's one at Alabama. Now we're talking. Now we're cooking. That's a game. Well, I mean, the only implication that has is can Tennessee play its way to a one seed? Yeah. But, I mean, at least that's that, that's a good college basketball game. That's a game that has some stakes to it. Yeah. That's what the I mean, Alabama and Tennessee are tied for the SEC lead, aren't they? They're winning the regular season title. Yes. First place in the SEC is on the line yeah. on Saturday. So there you go. That's, There's something uh, there. Pretty good one. Um, the SEC. Let's see. He's got Texas A&M and Ole Miss. Joe Lenardi does currently in the NIT field. Okay. He's now he's now bracketologizing the NIT as well. Ole Miss will take the NIT bid, won't they? I know sometimes some schools don't. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, th- I thought they. I figured. Yeah, they were. yeah. I don't feel like you get much of that anymore. 
The NCAA, yeah. the, the status of that tournament has been elevated has, a little bit. It has. Um, Sometimes if you don't think you're going to get a home game, you might not take it. Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. We will wrap up the 4 o'clock hour with you when we come back live from M-Trade Park in Oxford. Got the lights on on all the ball fields. We got teams here. They're out running and getting ready to play their first games of the day. Games get started at 5.30. Over 150 teams in town this weekend. This is a place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. I am, I am convinced that the uh, the next time that we are here, it's going to be sunny. It's going to be 80. We're going to be right out in the middle of all the fields, taking in the action. Little gray, little chilly today. That's right. But we just need to be able to do this on the fly. We need to be able to call you on a, on a Thursday. Absolutely. Like, hey, tomorrow's going to be nice. We're coming. Yeah. Clay, Clay, we're in. Cut us a check. Yeah. And we'll just go from there. It's already taken care of. It's, it's all good. It's all in the account. Uh, Clay Brownlee is the assistant director of M Trade Park, and uh, his job is to run these tournaments on a week in, week out basis. This is the busy season, no question. Yep. Kind of got rolling a couple of weeks ago, but this is the first big weekend. Um, over 150 teams in. It's a pretty incredible event. Yeah, following it up next weekend with 120. So it's it's the busy season for sure. Just just one after another after another. Yep. I said to you and Brad during the uh, break a second ago, several years ago, you made the uh, the decision. It was not an easy one because of uh, the financial ramifications to turf all of the infields. So there are no dirt infields. They're all artificial surfaces. Best decision you guys ever made for sure. Makes us versatile, way easier, less staff. You know, just. It was the way to go, for sure. I mean, this is one of those days where you kind of would have been looking all day. It's like, okay, what's the radar say? Or tarps on, tarps right. off. Got to get them off. Got to get the fields prepped and ready to and go. You got to make that decision early to get that tarp on. So, 14 fields total, is that right? Yeah. That's a lot of tarps. That's a lot of tarps. Hey, Dad, have you ever had to help pull a tarp? Once. <laughs> you remember tarp duty, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it just it, there, there's little that's more miserable. And, you know, we got little fields compared to a... Uh, a major league field, so but still pulling fourteen tarps. Yeah, it'll get you. It feels like you uh, you got to work out in Clay. You uh, you've been here a long time and you've seen this place grow. We talked with Brad a little bit about the uh, the growth. What sustains this? What allows you guys to continue to operate at the high level year in year out? You're you're operating at. It's like what Brad said. It's definitely our mayor, our board, the support we get from them. It's just incredible. Uh, and then our staff. You know, they just come in every day, do what they need to do, buy in. They love it here. I love it here. It's just a fun job. And uh, so all that mixed together just makes it great. I feel like um, you, you guys are always looking for ways to improve, whether that's through talking to teams and coaches or just kind of doing some self-evaluation. And, and you don't always have an, an off-season, per se, where you do a major project, like redoing all the infields. But mm-hmm. usually there's some stuff you do in terms of improvements year over year. Anything this year that you guys really were focused on? Uh, we got the LED lights um, on most of our fields, uh, except for the soccer fields. And they've been incredible. Do you do home run light shows now? I wish we could. We wanted to. <laughs> That's a little extra, but that would be amazing. Uh, having 14 fields, that would be a lot of coordination. It, it would. you got to have somebody there to press the button on yeah. that, too, where it yeah. starts flashing and That's right. uh, got music playing. Um, 
you know, th- there's kind of a hot button issue in in youth baseball, and it has to do with arm care and the number of games that, that these kids are playing. You guys have worked closely with U-Triple-S-A for a long time. Tell us about kind of the, the systems that are in place to make sure that kids are protected. A lot of it falls on, um, you know, the coaches and the team managers. Um, and for the most part, they're taking care of that. Yeah. They're, they're, they're keeping up with their guys. Um, but, man, they're playing a bunch of games. They are. I, I guess that's just the truth. But but there are rules that U-Triple-S-A has that place limits on the amount right. of, of pitches a guy can throw yeah, in a given it, weekend. It all goes into the system, and our tournament directors handle that and make sure that guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Uh, visiting with Clay Brownlee. Uh, I hope this doesn't embarrass you. Congratulations. Uh, Clay, we talked about Brad being a, a football official mm-hmm. as well. Can mm-hmm. I say this No, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. Um, so Clay uh, was a high school official. Mm-hmm. Worked his way into the junior college ranks. Has been working in the Sun Belt for the last few years. Six and seasons. Six seasons. Yeah. Wow. Six years. Yep. And he just got the call up to the ACC and has signed a contract to work as an ACC official this yep. year. Very exciting. Great stuff. Yep. Looking forward to tweeting about your first mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. uh, do you know for sure yet what spot you'll be on? I don't. Uh, I know I'll be a deep, but I don't know what, what uh, field, back, or side. don't know yet. All right, so what is it about football officiating? Steve Stell just is a, a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. He's a retired NFL official yeah. uh, like Steve Freeman is as well. And he texted me earlier when we were talking to Brad, and he said, more NFL officials per capita in Oxford, Mississippi, than anywhere else on planet Earth. And that's actually not an exaggeration. There have really been not. a lot of guys, but it's not just the NFL ranks. It's you and, and other guys who are, are working in the ACC, who either have worked or are working in the SEC, mm-hmm. junior college, uh, other conferences. Mm-hmm. Why? Man, it all comes from Steve Freeman and Brad Freeman. You know, they all... Just brought us in, one big family, told us we got to do this. And, uh, man, when you get on the field, it's exciting, it's fun. And uh, you just kind of want to follow in their footsteps. Yeah. It really is a, a cool way to be involved with the game. When, yeah. yeah, it keeps you on the field. You know, you, you, at some point you got to stop. But with officiating, it keeps you out there. Yeah. Um, great stuff, Clay. Always appreciate you having us, hosting us. Uh, glad to have you. I, I, this look, I, I know it might be better if we had a view of the fields, but this <laughs> might be the nicest shop ever. Yeah. I love this. It's very clean. Our guys take a you know good care of it. The the maintenance crew really here does oh, an incredible Talk, job. Know, first class. Yeah. Clay Brownlee, he's the assistant director at M Trade Park. This is Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Friday afternoon. One hour to go. That means the college football fix is coming up next. And then and then it's a food Friday. Sports Talk Mississippi on the road at M Trade Park in the Pearl River Resort Studio. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Watch it. M-Trade Park is coming to life on this Friday afternoon as 150 teams roll into Oxford this weekend for U-Triple-S-A baseball. Bunch of age groups. And it's spread out over about a dozen fields. You got guys out getting loose, getting ready for the first round of games 
They get started tonight at 5.30. Big day of baseball tomorrow and Sunday as well. All here from M-Trade Park as we broadcast live on location on this Friday, of course, in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. How much do you love golf? I mean, if you really love it, you go out there and play on a day like this. It's cold, a little damp, but you still play. Uh, if you love it, but maybe you have standards, you're like, nope, 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 nope. There's always tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be 60, it's going to be 70, it's going to be 80 soon. I will take advantage of it. Whatever it is that you like in your golf, you can get it at Dancing Rabbit. DancingRabbitGolf.com. Bet 50, play for 30. Bet $50 in the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino and play a round of golf at Dancing Rabbit on either the Oaks or the Azaleas for just $30. That takes you through the end of the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Bet 50, play 30, Dancing Rabbit Golf, part of Pearl River Resort. Ceasefire text line is open to you. 601-879-4395. You've got your business and C Spire's got your back with best-in-class technology solutions powered by their team of 200-plus certified engineers. Visit cspire.com slash business to learn more. C Spire, customer inspired. This is Sports Talk Mississippi coming to you on the road today from Oxford alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross. How about we jump into a little college football fix? College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. It's truck month. Check out the great lineup of F-Series trucks. 47 years as the number one selling trucks in America. You can do that at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. All right, Michael Borky, we have uh, talked a little bit about this in the past Got a couple of rule changes that appear as if they are about to come to fruition and, in college football. Uh, and since we talked about it earlier today, they uh, they have. So something that you, two things that you probably uh, won't notice, and you may not have known didn't exist at all. And then one thing that you'll notice, but the Steve Shaw, the coordinator of officials, have told us that it won't change commercial break allotment. So let's start with the first two. Okay. Uh, after the Michigan sign-stealing scandal, uh, the quarterback helmet communication with head coach has been passed. So just like in the NFL where quarterback and linebacker, this is only offenses, I believe, in college football. In the NFL, there's a, a defensive player as well that has this. But the quarterback will have the little a little speaker headset thing uh, wired into their helmet that they can directly communicate with their coach. You're still going to see the the big boards on the sidelines. You're still going to signal in plays depending on what your offense does and tempo and stuff like that. But there is now a fail-safe in case you think that your opponent is stealing your signs. Mm. Um, green dot, right? They call these the green dot helmets. Those mm-hmm. are yep. what is allowed. Um, you can – we call this player-to-coach communication – it's really coach-to-player communication. It's, coach it's not to a player. two-way walkie-talkie yeah. system. Well, what's the player going to say? The player doesn't get to talk back to the uh, coach on this, but uh, you will now see that, which you have seen in uh, in NFL stadiums. You're going to see a quarterback put both hands to his ears as if he's mimicking earmuffs 
to try and keep the outside noise out so that he can hear the play call that is coming in from the sideline. So, you know, most coaches were for this. Lane Kiffin was one of the coaches that had a, uh, a different opinion on it. He preferred that you'd not go to the in-helmet communication system because he thought that there was an advantage for his team in the fact that they play fast already and they work on how to get those signals in and how to go quickly. And he didn't think that his team got an advantage by being able to communicate through helmets like that and that actually would slow that process down if they were still sending in plays the way that you're going to do that, where you got to call the play off into the into the. Well, you don't have to, though. No, you don't have to. Still do what you're doing. And, and they may very well yeah. not yeah, use if it. If I'm Lane Kiffin, I'm not changing anything. Yeah. Nothing. You probably put the – don't you probably put the um, – the speaker in your quarterback's headset. So even yeah, if you're not sending plays in, you tell them something. Yeah. You can say something to it. Hey, you've got to watch the safety on this. Yeah. Um, you know, hey, we're going back to something that worked earlier, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. The helmet communication system is the most significant technological change in recent college sports history. According to a story at Yahoo Sports, the concept will mirror the NFL. Only one member of each team can be equipped with a listening device in his helmet. And the device's capabilities end at the 15-second mark of the play clock, a mandatory cutoff time that the NFL uses as well. All right, so, Borky, that's part of this. The other part of it is tablets on the sideline, right? Yeah, sideline technology. So you see it in the NFL. Uh, you know, Tom Brady famously uh, has broken one. Aaron Rodgers has broken one. That's kind of how everybody knows that they exist. But you have that technology on high school fields as well. There are high schools that have the tablets or the the closed-circuited camera feeds to watch the the plays that just happened on the field could not do that in college that is no more you will now see enhanced technology on college sidelines as well so it skipped over college and now it will no longer do that there was a uh, a quote from cayman ansel who is texas tech's head equipment manager you remember texas tech was one of the teams that experimented with this during the bowl game. Mm-hmm. And he said the players loved it. He said quarterback loved it. He didn't have to look at the sideline. He could keep his eyes on the field. Okay. There's something to that. Well, I mean, I'm, I, if, if it makes the if – it, if it's going to improve the quality of play, I'm all for it. Yeah. So, and, you know, I mean, and, and, uh, uh, this is going to get rid of one of my least favorite things because, you know, Joe Moorhead, the, the check with me. Let's get on the line. Let's get everybody lined up. Let's raise our leg like we're going to snap it. Let me stare. Co- a lot of oh teams my gosh! Work. Yeah, I know, but it just drove me. Ins- it drives me insane. Yeah, call a play, run the call play. a play, run the play. Yeah, and these two things, um, I think. Uh, I mean, nobody will notice it. It won't have a material change on the game. The only thing I can think of that it might improve. Hey, that as he mentioned, just general quality of play. If you have more access to footage and stuff, but the the two minute drill. If you will, if you're able to communicate better with your quarterback quickly, uh, more verbally, maybe you have a, a better um, clock management situation where, where you you can Here's control hoping. that a little bit more. But we will we will have to Can't see. Be worse for some of these teams. So those yeah. two, you won't even notice. It's just not a thing that a fan in the stands or watching will will even know the difference. This one a little bit. 
Not at all if you believe Steve Shaw, which, hey, that already does not. The two-minute warning has been added to college football. And so, uh, frankly, I like the two-minute warning in the NFL. I think it, it adds a strategic element of timeout usage and also helps the team. If you're trying to come back, you know, there's there's an extra stoppage of play where you don't have to uh, use a timeout there. As a, a team that is trying to milk the clock, you have to work around it. It's, there's a strategic element as well. So I, I like it from that perspective. But everybody's reaction was, oh, great, more commercial breaks. If you believe Steve Shaw... Which the the two-minute drill will be using a commercial break taken from earlier in the game. So it's they, they are using the same allotment of pauses and breaks, according to him. Okay. And that will offset the additional. But it's just one more break anyway. I mean, what, what's, well, but, what's another two minutes in a four-hour game yeah, anyway? What's the, what's the, yeah, but... Yeah, but. This is easily fact checkable, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah absolutely. The, the, the commercial logs are readily available. You, you, yeah. like every game has a timing sheet that goes to all the radio networks, and everybody knows when the commercial breaks are coming, so that radio broadcasts can mm-hmm. plan their breaks accordingly as well. As long as you don't add a set of breaks, then you know it's pretty obvious that that's taken care of. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, you get one less break. Hey, Dad, in the second half. Theoretically, yeah. In theory, um, these things dovetail, though, don't they? I mean, Borky, what you were saying a second ago about the uh, the the speaker and the quarterback's helmet, and how that could potentially aid in the the two minute drill if teams trying to go fast at the end of the game, and then you effectively get an additional timeout at the end of the first half and at the uh, the end of the second half as well, or the end of the second quarter into the fourth quarter. We're so used to seeing this in the NFL, it makes enough sense. NFL's clock rules, though, are different than college football's clock rules. Here's the thing to me. If you're one of the few teams that actually knows how to effectively run a two-minute drill, who knows how to run end of game. All four of them in college football. Yeah, if if you know how to run effective end-of-game offense, then your job, one – just got a whole lot easier. And two, two minutes is an eternity if you are effective at managing the clock. Let's say you go into a final drive and you've got two timeouts plus the two-minute warning and you know how to manage the clock and know how to use the sideline to your advantage. Hey, you got all the time in the world. From the Venable Sports Talk, Mississippi. Hey, it's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for joining us on this Friday afternoon on the road today at M-Trade Park. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Check out the website. Keep up with all of the events coming up. And don't forget that Double Decker is just around the corner to find the new uh, the full music lineup and uh, vendor information and art information. You can do all that online at DoubleDeggerFestival.com, and be sure to follow Visit Oxford on all of their social media channels at Visit Oxford 
M S. We'll be there. Uh yes. Very good. Yeah, we absolutely will. The Friday um, uh, that it begins. Very good. It's gonna be a lot of fun. You gonna hang around for the music that night? Probably not. Maybe. Probably not. I mean, you could. I could. If you can arrange some, uh, you know, some some VIP treatment. Speaking of that, I got some. I got. I got a proposal for you. You got something you need to do. Okay. We'll talk about it. Let's, let's get into it because you know this is our favorite time of the week. We'll talk about it in the next and afterwards. It's Food Friday, presented by Polks. Polksmeat.com. Polksmeat.com. Go there. You can find recipes. You can find all the products that they offer. Got some merchandise that's available in the merch store from Polks. Don't forget, if you go to the Pete this weekend, Pete Taylor Park in Hattiesburg, be sure to get a Polks dog. How good does that sound? Sounds good. That sounds really, I'm really, hungry. really good. Yeah. Um, and an early lunch. But don't stop at their website. Don't just stop at Pete Taylor Park. Go to the grocery store. When you go, to, you, you have to go to the grocery store. I mean, either you get groceries delivered or you go and you get them yourself, but you have to have groceries to uh, to eat, unless you're one of those people that only eats out, which is really strange. So when you go to the grocery store like those people. and you go to the uh, to the meat department, Gary, when you go back there, you're looking for the Polk's meat products. It's that bright yellow packaging in red. It says Polk's, kind of trimmed in blue on there. Got that Cajun smoked sausage. Got the uh, original smoked sausage. Got the garlic and green onion. Got the uh, the small, you know, the beanie weenie styles. You got those. You got the ham steaks. You got it all. And if you can't find it, you need to find the manager of the meat department and ask that he stock Polk's. It's a Mississippi company, Mississippi product. Their factory is right there in McGee. Great people. We hope that you will support the people who support us. But not just because of that, because it's just good. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polk's. You know what we do on a Food Friday. We talk about what we're cooking, and we want to hear from you about what you are cooking this weekend. Borky, why don't you hit lead off on the uh, the meal plans for the weekend? I'm taking a risk here. I saw a recipe for a beer-battered fish burrito. So you you beer-batter and fry the, the fish, and okay. I forget which one to use. I, I'm going to go to the store and, and get whichever one's are available and look the best but i mean everything else the same uh, he, are you he, talking about the beer or the fish the the fish I, i've got oh, okay sorry <laughs> i've got beer in the fridge i've got a, a local no free shout outs i've got a, a but a local uh beer uh, mississippi beer in the fridge right now that i'll use um right. but i mean he just made salsa too just you know broiled and, and roasted the tomatoes and, and onions and all that and Threw that in a food processor. I mean, just a standard burrito with, with rice and beans and a, a homemade salsa and then this beer-battered fried fish. I'm going to give it a shot and, and see how that goes. I, I did not think that a, a Britain-Mexico crossover would be on the menu this weekend, but that's what I'm going with. You should make a fish and chips burrito. Do some French fries and throw them in there. Oh, that's a California style. Yeah. So, yeah. I made some fish tacos the other day, but I did tuna. I just had the rare tuna. Pull them the steaks out, and then it's like you have like bench scraper. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Just did that to you know, chop it up. Yeah, put that on a tortilla with some uh, some slaw and a little Asian dressing. Really good. We have not done that in a long time. Jane and I went through a spell where we did fish tacos a good bit, and we would cube the tuna. I thought about that, but I was like, I can just cook it whole. It would be easier to do it that way. I think that's fair. So um, yeah, whatever works for you. Yeah, fish tacos hard to go wrong with those. No, they're good. They are, they're good. They're they're easy too. Yeah, easy. Uh, what about, hey, Dad? 
So this weekend, uh, my buddy uh, Stefan has been watching The Sopranos, right? So we're at the point where there's a major spoiler that is hilarious. Okay. And he hasn't. He, so he's coming over with a few of the guys who have watched the show, and we're going to watch that episode together. We'll, re, we'll, we'll record his reaction. I don't know that we'll be able to put it out. I cursed when I saw it. I was just like, oh, my, you know, and, like, it went from there. But I'm doing Italian. I did that the other night when Josh Hubbard hit that shot. <laughs> so did I, but it was quiet. Yeah. And then I, I didn't curse, but I was like, oh, my goodness. I, 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 I cursed. I was like, oh, my. And then and then when Reed Shepard hit his, I had a different, it had a different tone. Yes. Same word, different tone. Yes. Anyway, doing baked ziti and uh, doing some uh, chicken, sausage, and peppers. Normally, I do that recipe Cajun style. Okay. And I use Polk's Cajun smoked sausage. Yeah. Uh, but this will be Italian, so I'll do Italian sausage. Yeah. I mean, you could still do it with Polk's. Uh, it needs to be Italian sausage. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. That's Since fair. it's a theme party that you're it's having. It's themed. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, uh, I hate you so much. Our family has been scattered, I feel like, for the last two weeks, and we're all going to be home late tomorrow afternoon, early tomorrow evening. And Jane said, let's uh, let's fire up the grill. So we're going to have steaks on the grill. Uh, I have Polk's Cajun smoked sausage that is in the meat drawer in the refrigerator. Yeah. And so that is how we will start. Going to do a sausage and cheese plate. Going to throw some steaks on. Going to throw some salmon on as a well. staple. What, steaks and salmon? Steak, salmon, and a sausage cheese plate. Yeah, it, it's like I probably should branch out a little bit more. If I could ever get you to do a pork tenderloin, I'd be doing good. We, we do, though. That's like middle of the week and okay. usually in the oven. All right. So. Um, so yeah, that's the uh, plan here. We got some of your suggestions. Let's just start with our favorite, Debbie at Ocean Springs. Yeah. She's got Never it. disappoints. Sends us a shot of the green egg. New York strips, sausage, baked potatoes, all happening on the big green egg. Mm-hmm. She did put the baked potatoes on the egg. Yeah. And uh, for dessert, mm-hmm. she's going with chocolate bourbon pudding shots. I like that. I mean, she she she, she always does these dessert shots, man, and I'm just like... Yeah. I just want mine in a bowl. <laughs> I, want, I need a shot glass that's this big. You can just have multiple shots, and yeah. it accomplishes the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah. Uh, all right, so good stuff from Debbie. Cowboy ribeye with grilled cabbage steaks and Polk's original smoked sausage. Oh, I like the original. That is from Danny in Columbus. All right, Danny. You ever grilled cabbage? Uh, No, yeah. I have not. You can do it. You got to cut them thick. But. You ever smoke lasagna? No. You also can do that. You can do. All it. you got to do is put the whole pan on the uh, on the grill. You do. You could. Yeah. Not a not a big deal. Yeah. E- even if you want to start it in the oven, you can finish it on the grill. I could smoky taste as mm. well. Yeah. Uh, this is good. If you got any other food Friday, we got a few more down. Suge- here. Okay. What do you got? Kevin. He he went the Lenten route. He's he's with you, Borky. He's got some shrimp tacos and catfish tacos with a cilantro lime slaw. Those look really mm. really good. There we go. Jeremy in Columbia. So he's, he's enjoying smoked pork butt sliders on Hawaiian rolls. Ooh. Smoked baked beans with shredded brisket, peppers, and beans. Shout out to Rusty for manning the smoker all afternoon. Where are you, Jeremy? You go man the smoker. Get the job done. Uh, Dwayne and Brandon doing golf shrimp scampi with Polk's Cajun smoked sausage for an appetizer. That sounds good. I like that very much. You got any others that I missed? Uh, no, the only other one I got we got here is from uh, from Brad and Jackson, who was behind the Polk's truck earlier today. And uh, I think that was earlier this week. He sent it to okay. us and then resent it today. And so you get the uh, back of the uh, truck that says "No butts about it, folks." 
picky people pick polks. Have we ever have we ever tasted polks all, like done a side by side tasting of all their different sausage flavors? Oh, okay. Um, I have tasted. Yes, yes, I have. In fact, uh, one of the sausage and cheese plates that we did, I did Polk's Cajun smoked sausage and the garlic and green onion. And I've told you this before. I was um, I was very much on team Cajun smoked sausage, and mm-hmm. I still am. But I really, really like the garlic and green onion as well. Yeah, it's good. The flavor is fantastic. It's really good. So. Uh, thanks for that question on the C Spire text line. It's open to you as well at 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Also, my girlfriend is making filet mignon baked potatoes and asparagus for our one-year anniversary. That's from Josh and Laura. Very good. Very good. And congratulations on a year of blissful happiness. Here's to many, many more. I hope it's been a year of blissful happiness. I'm just oh, they're still it. together. They must be okay. I mean, she's doing steak and potatoes yeah, and yeah. asparagus and the whole deal tonight. Yeah, so very yeah. good. Uh, I like it. Uh, what we like is Food Fridays presented by Polks. Find them online at polksmeat.com. When you go to the grocery store, looks uh, look for the Polks uh, packaging. It's that bright yellow label with Polks on it. No buts about it, folks. Picky people pick Polks. Got a half an hour left with you this afternoon. Hey, Dad says has some sign of, uh, sort of a proposal mm. or suggestion mm-hmm. that he wants to throw out. I am uh, I, I will wait with bated breath during the uh, the break. Very good. Is this good? I think so. I think we can make it happen. To you, you are the guy to pull the strings to make it happen. Uh oh, you're going to ask me to do something. Yes. We will. Uh, we'll pick that up when we come back with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Visit them online at pearlriverresort.com. From the Seabrooks, Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. If you like saving money, now is the time at Ceasefire. Your family can get an iPhone 15 on them for each new line you add. Plus, order at cspire.com for an extra $100 off any phone. It's the perfect way to get even more storage on your new iPhone. That is customer-inspired. That is Cspire. We have a text here. Ever since me and my buddy ran into Haydad at Jersey Mike's, our Rebs have been on a three-game losing streak. I need him to take off the hex, please. Nah. Stays right where it is. <sighs> You're a schmuck. You know and that. You know what? That's right. But I'm your schmuck. So what is this idea that you have? All right. So we they announced uh, uh, the other day. I think it was yesterday. The uh, the SEC media day schedule. And I was oh goodness, Richard, you got stuff all over you here. Oh, yeah, your jacket's coming apart, yeah, buddy. There's a hole. In you the got back a hole of it. in the jacket. Uh, anyway, when I was thinking about you know we're going to Dallas, right? Yeah, that's where, that's where we're going this year. And I was thinking about you know. That's going to be a costly trip for our great company because we're going to have to fly out there. It's going to be, or if we, yeah, it would be cheaper to fly than to drive with, with what they pay with mileage. So I'm thinking, I need you to go talk to Jackson Dart 
and get us <laughs> get us a trip on on one of those uh, private jets he's uh, sponsoring there. And uh, I mean, it, 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 he has however many hours. It, this is like a thirty minute flight. We, we all come, when we come to Jackson, Jackson Dallas, thirty minute flight, one hour there and back. Well, I would hate to ask Jackson Dort for that. So maybe we just need SEC Media Days presented by Nicholas Ayer. This is why I keep you around. This oh, is why. Okay. Because that's, that's a great idea. Uh, we'll have to check into that. All right. Let's look into it. I do not hate that at all. No. As, no. A, uh, as a travel plan. Yeah. I told you earlier today it was a sad day. Yeah. Um, if if um, Cross One had to finally be retired. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, no, that is, that is not it. Um, if Cross One existed. We would just take that. Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, no, this is the day that... Um, Oh, yeah. At least with American Airlines, this is the day that your your mileage count, your loyalty point count starts over. Uh-huh. So I did hit, I didn't get all the way to the, the top level. I'm, right. I'm one level from the top. Right. Which is 125,000 loyalty points. Right. Which probably means I travel too much. I mean, truth be told. You do travel a lot every um, Friday. It was sad, though, when I saw that that point total went to zero this yeah. morning. Yeah. Last day of February is the is the changeover day. Yeah. So, I have the same problem at Pizza Hut. <laughs> Your points start over at the yeah, end of February. But I'm, I'm at that top level, platinum level. Yeah. Pizza Hut have that? Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, absolutely. I've got that at Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah. I, I have no concerns about whether or not I'm going to hit the uh, yeah, you have the, 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 the top tier at the Chick-fil-A. The streets of gold year. tier for, for Chick-fil-A. I can't remember what it's called. It's yeah. like the... Uh, I don't know a red member or something. I, whatever. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll have to work on that. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure you'll uh, you'll you'll accumulate some some points in the very near future. Yeah. So they made it harder. Yeah. You, they you basically have to have an American Airlines credit card now if you're going to actually get to any of their uh, tier levels. So I got you. Uh, anyway, yeah. um, well, but that being said, Jackson, if you're listening. I know he is. He's a huge fan of the show. Well, we're not going to bounce around all over the place. We're not going to fly to Starkville and fly no, no. to Jackson. You guys we'll, are all we'll, going to have to come we'll here. We'll come to. I'll drive to Oxford. We fly to Dallas, and they come back and get us on uh, Wednesday or Thursday or whatever we're going to do there. It'll be Thursday. Well, you say you say that. What I mean, state Ole Miss is Wednesday, and state's a uh, state is a uh, Ole Miss is on Monday. Uh, it's on Ole Monday, and state's day. on Wednesday. Yeah. But we'll have to put together the show before we come home on Thursday. Yeah. That's what we always do. <laughs> we might have to work a little overtime. And just, you might actually have to come down before like 9.30. I wouldn't go crazy now. <laughs> Did I tell you? I don't know. Plenty I of hours. I don't think day. I told you this last year. I was down there one morning getting ready to do something, and then Borky came down, and Jacob Hester looked at us. He was like, you know, I look over here, because they were next to us the whole week. Like, I look over here every morning when we're doing our show, and you two are grinding. Where is Richard? He didn't do anything. How'd you respond? I was like, yeah. Oh. Uh, quick check of the SEC baseball scoreboard. Tennessee leading Bowling Green 11-1. to Ooh, the Raging Cajuns up yeah, on Vanderbilt 3-2 in the bottom of the sixth inning. Mississippi State's game with Mount St. Mary's today was postponed. i got to know if you have more than that. What is that, Chick-fil-A? That's a Chick-fil-A reward points from somebody on the text line. They have 27,196 points. Signature member. Yeah, I am a signature member. That's the top level. I don't, but I use the points all the time. I don't like hoard the you points. You don't hoard the points. Okay. Um, 
Maybe it'll show me how many I've had yeah. in the course of the year. Georgia, Georgia Tech. That one could be fun. The top two home run hitters in all of college baseball okay. facing off. True freshman at Georgia Tech. Uh, Burris, I believe, is his he last name. He had four name. in a game the other day. He did. And Charlie Condon had three in a game against Michigan State. A game that Georgia lost 19-6. to There's Charlie Condon and then everybody else. Yeah. The uh, Norse of Northern Kentucky continue their yeah, trek the through the SEC as they go to Missouri this weekend. Frisco, Indiana, and Alabama play tonight. Indiana had a bad, bad loss the other day. Coral Gables, Miami at uh, hosting Florida. Florida is at Miami, game one. Okay. Uh, Arizona State, Texas A&M in Arlington tonight. Okay. Quality. Clemson and South Carolina. So, Borky, what's the order? It's Columbia tonight, which means Greenville tomorrow and then Clemson on Sunday. Is that right? I believe that is correct. There you go. Iowa and Ole Miss, first pitch at 6.30 tonight. Minute Maid Park in Houston. Number 15, Texas. Number 3, LSU. Great game. Great matchup in the pitching department as well. Luke Holman and LeBaron Johnson. If you happen to have Longhorn Network, the game will be carried there. I don't. It also is available at Astros.com. I saw that earlier today. Get our, I'll get, we'll get friend of the show, Leah Van, to hook me up with a, a password. Uh, UConn is at Auburn. That one has been postponed. They were supposed to play this afternoon. Finals from earlier today. Kentucky beat Lipscomb 7-4. to Barometric pressure dropped too low at Auburn. John was like, ah, we can't play baseball in this. Yeah, it's possible. So Lipscomb had their catcher ejected in the game. Yeah. Play at the plate, Borky. The catcher was ejected for excessive contact on the plate. Turned out it was a foul ball, but he was still ejected. Game had to stop because the rules are an ejected player has to completely leave the playing area. He goes to the dugout, packs up his bag, walks all the way out to the gate beyond the center field wall, and exits the gate. <laughs> we we had something like that. We've and, endured um, anything like that once. And uh, all for a foul ball. Do you remember the Egg Bowl in 2018? You had the touchdown by A.J. Brown. Then the fight. Is that when Dak had to leave the field with the no? No, this was a time where Mississippi State did that to Ole Miss, though. They just made them crap their pants. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, But as you recall, A.J. scores, and then there's the fight. They throw out uh, – uh, I forget who they threw out in that game. I think Camp Dantzler got thrown out. I was in the Bahamas that year. That's right. You I were, missed yeah, it. That's right. And anyway – then they reviewed it and they were like, the play clock had run out, so they got Ole Miss for delay of game after they've thrown out three players. <laughs> and there's been a bench-clearing brawl. So uh, Kentucky beat Lipscomb 7-4 and four, uh, seven four to go 8-1 and one on the year. Arkansas with a 5-1 win over Murray State. And Tennessee Bowling Green has gone final 11-1 final. And that one, the Vols get the win. Thank you for uh, inventing college baseball, Tennessee. We all appreciate it very much. Yeah. Haven't spent much time on Mount St. Mary's because they are literally one of the worst teams in the country. Yeah. Uh, literally. Literally. No hyperbole. Uh, th- there's a fascinating matchup, though, at least pitching versus bats uh, in Oxford tonight. You mentioned earlier Brody Brecht. This Ole Miss offense appears to have gained some confidence. Now, Correct. it's been Missouri State and Little Rock and High Point. We're going to learn if that confidence is actually improved play. And, and what I'm watching for, is, as Henderson talked about earlier, is not runs. It's not hits necessarily. It's can you run up his pitch count? 
Can you have quality at bats? Can you work counts? Can you get him out of the game early? If that answer is yes, then you really got to like what you have with your offense, not only moving forward through the weekend, but if they can do that with this guy, then maybe SEC pitching won't be as daunting as you thought it might be for them earlier this year. But if this guy kind of shuts them down and gets through seven unscathed and really quick, easy at-bats, it's a bad sign. So we get our first real look at this Ole Miss offense tonight against a quality arm when they're playing well. Hmm. Yeah, I think it, I think it is a good litmus test. And, you know, one, how do they handle him in terms of hitting, but also ugh, I, there are a couple of guys that I think about in particular. Casey Mize is at the top of the list. Do you remember when Casey Mize was on track to be the number one pitcher overall, which or mm-hmm. a number one player overall to go one mm-hmm. one, which he did. Yeah. Um, he came to Oxford that year and had kind of been dominating everybody that he had faced. And Ole Miss had a really good approach against him. They got to him early a little bit. He kind of settled into a ball game. But Borky, that was a team that was like, okay, you're facing a great pitcher. You got to have a good approach. You got to be patient. You got to take advantage when you can. Now, Brecht is a little bit different type pitcher than Casey Mize. It's about the fastball with him. Can he control that fastball? Can he locate it? Can he mix it up? Can his secondary pitches be good, or does he just live with that hundred mile an hour fastball? I, I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be really fascinating to see. He averages a walking inning as well, uh, yeah. so he's not really consistent. Patience is a virtue for Ole Miss today. Yep, averaging two strikeouts and one walk per inning through his first 10 innings so far this year. We'll wrap it up with you coming up next in the Pearl River Resort Studio, live from M-Trade Park in Oxford. Your number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. That music means that we have reached the end of the work week. There we are. Don't have backlighting issues anymore, and if you're watching on Super TV, you can see us now. We are inside the uh, the maintenance shop, uh, but beyond us, we saw a massive home run in yeah. what I think was the first inning of this first game on the field behind us. Kid flew the outfield wall, bounced once onto the uh, the roof shed back behind the center field wall. So I can't Crushed see the it. scoreboard, so I, I, I don't know who's playing, and yeah. I don't know what the score is. But uh, props to the kid that went deep early on a chilly night at yeah. M-Trade Park. Very nice. Uh, we appreciate our friends at M-Trade Park. It's been a fun afternoon. Great visit with uh, Brad Freeman earlier today. Also got to visit with uh, Clay Brownley, who's the assistant director of M-Trade Park. 150 teams in town this weekend. They told us another 120 are coming into town next weekend. That's a lot of baseball. It is. Good thing they got a lot of fields. Indeed, fourteen of them, not affected by the weather with the uh, natural, uh, excuse me, the artificial playing surfaces on all the infields. They've all got natural grass outfields, so you yeah. get the uh, the best of both worlds. Fields drain exceptionally well, and not a lot of rain here either today. Um, so that's uh, good news. Got baseball coming up tonight. Ole Miss and Iowa, six thirty first pitch. Many of these Super Talk Mississippi stations will carry the game for you tonight, six o'clock airtime. Uh, Brad Henderson will be there. I'm not sure. I 
think he's with Gary Darby tonight, but maybe it's Eli Savoy. I, I just I don't know. Um, David Kellum would have been traveling with uh, Ole Miss basketball to Missouri, so I think it's I think it's Darby told me he was doing a couple of games this weekend. Cool. So. Uh, and then Mississippi State will get back at it with a doubleheader tomorrow against Mount St. Mary's to finish up that series. First game is at noon. Noon. What time is basketball tomorrow? Three. Three o'clock yeah. tomorrow for a, uh, a big game. Thoughts on, on that matchup, Mississippi State and uh, the Auburn Tigers? I don't know that I can recall a matchup where State already beat them once, and yet I'm this confident they won't do it again. Okay. But, I mean, to go to Auburn and win, you've got to play you can't make a whole lot of mistakes. Uh, you got to get that crowd out of it early as best you can. Um, Hubbard can do that. He's the kind of player who gets a couple early threes and gets going. But uh, State, State's going to have to play – I think they have to play the same kind of game they played in Starkville, and that's where they, they muddied it up. Super tight defense. I mean, yeah. the final score was 64-58, I think, was the final on that one. Uh, it's got to be something similar like that. It is, I don't think State – you know, State's back-to-back game has been over 80 points now. And you're thinking, okay, offensively they're, they're getting somewhere, and that's great. But I, I don't think you can go shot for shot with Auburn like that, especially on the road. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss debuting the new uniforms tonight. They've got the uh, cream uniforms with the uh, Rebels in script across the chest. Apparently, uh, Mike has sent us pictures. They are all wearing the uh, pants pulled up to the knees. So the uh, the high stockings uniform, and uh, debuting a new hat too as well. The uh, cap is solid navy with the script M with just a small white trim around. I think there's a maybe it's just solid a solid red M. I'm trying to zoom in and see. Just solid red. Yeah, yeah, solid yeah, red. Yeah, yeah, just a script solid red M on uh, a navy hat. Okay. So pretty pretty clean logo. People are. Um, I feel like people are a little polarized on the topic of the script M on the hats. Really? Yeah, there are a lot of people that just don't like it. Why? I don't know. Okay, then. Uh, I mean, the, the argument is... People don't like really change. Let's change. Yeah, I get, okay, never mind. I get it. Now, I will say that there are some people that are very fond of the interlocking UM. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just like how it looks. Maybe it's the whole you know interlocking is a baseball thing. Uh, or it feels like it's a baseball thing, and, yeah. and that works there. I, I do like the interlocking UM. I, I know how it goes to, with these baseball-only logos. It yeah. can be, it can be a, a, a struggle. Uh, and then there are a lot of people that like the uh, the Michigan-slash-Marshall-slash-Moorhead-State-slash-Murray-State-slash-the-M. Mm-hmm. The, the, the M. Yeah. The, the big, fat, generic M on the uh, the baseball cap. I hear you. And there are a lot of people that, that like that and don't like to see change. So. Okay. Whatever works for you, I guess there's a variety. State always has the same baseball logo. It's just the cap is different sometimes. Yeah. So. yeah you said that the uh, response to the camo caps was not mixed. great. It's mixed. Mixed, uh, yeah. Um, again, uh, you know, you can either be patriotic or you can be mad about uh, camouflage. Yeah. Whatever. One day, one day, I'm just going to, I'm going to lose it. One of these days. Oh, I forgot to check my uh, Chick-fil-A points. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's do that before we get out of here. Yeah, I don't, we, we, you don't hoard them, though. He's like, I, I, Jersey Mike's would be where I have points. But, again, when I get a free sandwich, it's free sandwich day. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. Um, let's see. I, can, I don't status. even know how to. It's got to be on there, yeah. Let's see here. I mean, you guys could say this something to fill the time. I mean, I've got 2,000 points right now. But but you are a signature member. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, I'm a signature member. Okay. I uh, think they'd have a better name. Yeah, uh, my lifetime points are 65,000 and change. That's uh, a lot. Yeah, I don't I don't know what They've my, only had the app a few years, you know. 
I uh, I don't know what my 2024 status was. Um, but anyway, I guess that's a lot of Chick-fil-A over the, uh, the course of uh, the year. Fun afternoon. Thanks, as always, for being with us, especially on a Friday as we roll into the weekend. We hope you have a great weekend if you're cooking. We hope that uh, you make Polk's part of your cooking plan. Polk's brings us our food Fridays every single week. Uh, great to be with you as we roll into the month of March. It is a good sports month. We'll have the start of SEC baseball. This is March. SEC tournament, NCAA tournament will begin. Spring football will get started. March is a good time to be a sports fan. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross. Good night from M-Trade Park in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Oh, it's incredible! Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWGEmployerServices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.